I want to welcome one of my good friends, a great friend of Pursuit, and really one of the instrumental voices for why we're even in this room, in this city today. A person who has tons of relational spiritual equity influence and really, I think, an inheritance in this region. Is somebody who has believed in me and my wife and this church, even at times when we struggle to believe in it ourselves. The Apostle Paul says this, he says, you have many teachers, but you have few fathers. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I really believe that pastors Jude and Becky are really mothers and fathers in the Pacific Northwest. And so many of you, your lives have been impacted by their ministry and they have labored in, in, in many ways. We are, we are the fruit or the extension of what they have labored for. And uh, any chance I get, I invite Pastor Jude to come and speak into this ministry because I value his voice. And I think that he still carries the oil of awakening and encounter and revival that this region so desperately needs. So would you help give a warm welcome to our good friend, the Bishop of Kirkland, Pastor Jude Fouquet. Remain standing for a minute. Uh, first of all, it's just, this is like being home. My birthday is about a month from today. What's today? No, 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 no. It's three weeks. And this is the best birthday present ever to see this campus filled with worshiping, believing, godly, Christ-centered people. The Northwest is ours, and the East Side is ours, and the West Side is ours, and the North is ours, and the South is ours. We will have a building in the North. We say North release, South give up, East Side, you got new owners. West side, we're coming after you. Give Jesus a hand clap. Amen. So, so good. First of all, I, we need to clap. You have the best pastors in all of America. And if you don't know who they are, their names are Pastor Russell and Maria Johnson. Can you give it up for them and their family? Also, probably the most attractive campus pastors I have ever seen, and I'm feeling unattractive compared to them, but can you give it up for Brian and Candace, your campus pastors? And I want to just say this to you, Pursuit. Don't change anything about yourself. Because who you are spiritually, I am glad you're not overlate, city church, or church home. Who are you? You are the pursuit. And that's who God chose to do something in this season, in this hour. And we guard that grace with our breath. Give it up for yourself. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Honestly, I want to 
Russell, thank you. I, I didn't know, Russell, you may not know this. Before I tell you that, uh, let me look at the time. All right, help me, Jesus. Um, <laughs> we're supposed to be over at 12.30, and it's 12.11. We'll see how that goes. But um, I didn't know Russell and Maria at all, and I had not heard of Pursuit two years ago this summer. Uh, we were afforded to go to Italy. We had been married for 36 years and really had given our whole lives to not only the gospel, but 20-something years of our lives together. Becky and I and our three sons, we gave to this region. And it was with honor, it was with dignity and passion that we did. And I had not heard of Pastor Russell, I had not heard of Pursuit, as I said, but two years ago in August, September, we were invited and we went to Snohomish. And I had been in hundreds of churches, but had never seen a church that had on the front of their building, heal the sick, open the eyes of the blind, cast out demons. I didn't think we were supposed to believe in demons anymore, you know? And I thought, whoa, this is a bold church. And to go in, it was a Saturday night conference in the five services on Sunday. Then one year ago, right now, we did a pop-up in Kirkland. And look what the Lord has done. Amen? And we're happy. Let me just say to me what this church represents is not the now that we're living in. It is for the future, and it's for us and our children. And I do not think it is a mistake that they're starting Pursuit Elementary, because this day is not just for people my age, because I'm getting up there, but it is for those who are young, who are infants who are in the womb and yet to be born, Seattle will always have a remnant of Jesus Christ in her midst. And I just want to say over 34 years ago, Becky and I moved out here, Jude was three, John was one, and Jake was just a thought and a prayer. And within a year, he would be born. And so Jude will turn 35 this summer. And for those of you who know us, and maybe even uh, do not, he is a youth pastor. He has one of the largest youth ministries in the nation. He has two children. He's at the Father's South. And I'm overwhelmed uh, the grace, the anointing, and the gift that is in him and Sierra. Then our John is married, and he is in sales. Him and Natalie live in New York City in the Upper West Side, and they are pregnant, thank God, finally with a girl who will have my last name, amen. And I told John, you're out of the will, she's in the will, I don't even like you anymore, I want your daughter. And, and so then Jake was with Pastor Jensen Franklin for nine years as a youth pastor. He has three sons, but over a year and a half ago, he would come to Ventura, and he's over our Bible college. And I want you to know, this is why we're here. We are here for future generations. Amen? I want to do this. Uh, I want to begin to tell you one quick story. And then I'm going to take you to a prayer card. They're going to put this prayer card on the screen. And there is a QR code. And we created this to help people pray. And it is my goal in 
really purpose this morning in our brief, brief time together. I'm believing God that in pursuit that we will raise up out of the pursuit Kirkland campus or anyone who hears this good God from the Berrien Sea to uh, Mar-a-Lago. I pray Donald Trump will become one of the intercessors for Pastor Russell. Amen. Go tell that. And, and so but we are believing for at least 500 people to become intercessors for the pastors, for the church, for the lost. And I want to begin to tell you a story. Years ago, it was 1992. A handful of us moved to the Pacific Northwest, some from Portland, others from this region. Becky and I, we drove 2,265 miles to be a part of the team. And it was our first staff meeting. It was Pastor Wendell and Jenny Smith and myself. And that morning, I just did my Bible reading plan. And in that Bible reading plan was the Gospel of Luke. And we read how Peter and the disciples had fished all night, but they caught nothing. And Jesus asked to use their boat. And then after he used their boat, he said, cast out into the deep and cast your launch out into the deep and cast your net on the other side. So when we got to Wendell and Jenny's house, he had an office in their house. Her office was the kitchen. They put me in the garage. And uh, Wendell said, Jude, do you have a scripture for today? And I just gave him the scripture out of Luke, uh, which I just shared with you. He said, Jude, today... This morning at four in the morning, God woke me up and gave me the exact verse that you just said. What do you think it means to cast your net on the other side? I said, Pastor Wendell, it's simple. We are going to do whatever God tells us to do. And I kid you not, that Sunday following, Don and Marlene Ostrom in the Smiths would go to Christian Faith Center. Bob Harrison would come off the platform, put his hand on Wendell's shoulder and says, I don't know why I'm doing this. Sometimes God leads me. I just think someone in here has to cast their net on the other side. And I want to say, I believe casting our net on the other side is a life of prayer. Because when we work without prayer, we will say, as the apostle said, Lord, we have worked all night and caught nothing. I want to say we're leaving the, uh, the season of night and we're coming into the dawn of the morning and we are going to see a net breaking, boat sinking load of harvest come into this church where we have to call other churches to help us out. Sam, we have too many new disciples. Have some. Here's some. Come on. I'm here to see Seattle saved. Can you say amen? And now I want to show you this. This is the Lord's Prayer. If you're raised Catholic, how many former Catholics do we have out there? Can you wave at me? My goodness, say in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You have to go left to right because he came from heaven to earth. Now you know I got you. Amen. Now this prayer is prayed by millions of people every day. 
This is the prayer of the church. Today online and through social media, we have people who are prayer guides leading us in a guided prayer. This is the greatest, most anointing guided prayer that you will ever be taught. In fact, when you begin to pray this, not in repetition, but as a pattern and as a model, you will enter into the very interior soul of Almighty God. God and the ancient church fathers said through praying this as a pattern that literally get this your mind will be elevated your heart will be elevated and what does the marketplace need now we do not just need a mind without God we need a mind and a heart that is elevated to God and Jesus said in the gospel of Matthew do not be like the pagans or the heathens who think with vain repetition they will be heard by because of their many words Jesus basically is saying prayer does not change God because God is immutable he cannot change prayer changes me and I want to be transformed can you say amen and so let's go here on the card we're going to begin to read the Lord's Prayer I want you to go to Luke chapter 11 and we're going to look at verses 1 through 4 and today, what we're sharing, I want you to put these words, our and us. Say that with me. Our. And us. Let's do it again. All the ladies said. Our. My goodness, ladies of pursuit. You're going to tear this place up in here, huh? All the men said. Our. Ladies already forgot. Amen. I want you to circle every time in this prayer the word our and us are used and it goes against the evil trinity of hell, me, myself, and I. Now is not a time for isolation. It is a time for our and us. Can you say amen? If you have your Bibles, again, open up, use your smartphone or the card that's on the screen. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, get this, Lord, teach us. He did not say, teach me. Teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say. Say that with me. When you pray, say. So when we pray, we actually say something. You go, oh, that's not good for me. That's not my personality. No, I saw what people did at the Super Bowl last week when Kansas City finally won. My goodness, Travis Kelsey's brother was taking his shirt off, all right? Can I say, you can pray and you can say something. If you cheer for the Seahawks, you could cheer for Jesus. Just saying. And he says this, when you pray, say, read it out loud with me, encircle the word our or us, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Thank you for that witness, baby. <laughs> that baby liked this message. You know? And do not lead us, read with me, and do not, but deliver us from the evil one. 
I want to begin, I cannot share all these points. I'm only going to take the last uh, three. I want you to begin to think about this. Uh, they asked God to teach him to pray. And Jesus is a man. He's the son of man. He's the son of God. He prayed them more than any man ever prayed. The first three petitions, there are seven petitions in this prayer. And they say all the prayers of the Bible, from Solomon to Moses to Abraham to David, in Paul, Peter, seed form is found in the Lord's Prayer or the Our Father. In the seven petitions, the first three are to God. The next four are for us, humanity, people. We're going to focus on three of the last four to show us how the needs of people can be met. And it's centered around give us our daily bread, lead us not into temptation, deliver us. So I want you to say that after we say give us, lead us, deliver us. Let's say it again. Say, give us, lead us, deliver us. And I want to begin to focus just on this. Look at on the card if you have it. Is it on the screen? Maybe not. I'm on the screen. But on the card right there, if you have it on your smartphone, you're going to see seven words in orange. We start our prayer kind of like church started today with praise. And we do that by saying, our Father. I just want to stop right now. My life was changed. Being raised as a Catholic, I know I look like I'm dressed to go to Catholic parochial school. Come on, a blue shirt and khaki pants. You know, but we prayed the Our Father forever. My dad passed away when I was 16 unexpectedly. And at the gravesite of my father, the presence of God came on me. And he spoke to my mind and heart and said, I will be your father. I want you to know my life has been changed. It's never been the same same, I knew the reality of a good, good father, that is who he is, and we are loved by him, that's who we are. Can we say amen? So the first three uh, petitions are praise and power, and it's our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to begin to deal with give us this day our daily bread. Say that with me. Now, let me tell you what it did not say, and this is why not only the lunch today, but the dinner tomorrow night, if you're in the marketplace and pretty much everyone who does not work for a local church or an organization that's a Christian organization is in the marketplace, it needs to be etched in our mind, give us our daily bread. Becky and I's life changed. We were always tithers. When it says, give us our daily bread, I want you, this is the only time in the entire New Testament, our daily bread is written. There is no other phrase like this phrase, and I'm going to get to that in a moment. But for us, we knew that daily bread was we needed provision. And I want to read some of the scriptures that are on this card. Look at Deuteronomy 8.18 with me. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Why? That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Go with me now to Proverbs 8.21. That I, God, may cause those who love me. Who loves Jesus in here? 
to inherit wealth. Why? That I may fill their treasures. Look at Philippians 4.19. And my God, everyone say, my God shall supply all your need, not half your need, not 80% of your need, all your need, not all your greed, but all your need in his riches and his glory by Christ Jesus. Go with me to Psalm 35, 27, right there in your Bible. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Someone's going to get a date over there. Who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. This term, everyone say it with me, say give us this day our daily bread. What this means in the Greek, and St. Jerome translated it into the Latin Vulgate, super substantial bread. I am feeling and sensing that in the Northwest, we're gonna see a healing movement. And healing is gonna break out not only in the church, but also in the marketplace. They had a woman, a Syrophoenician Greek woman, and she asked Jesus, Lord, will you heal my child? Jesus said this, healing is the children's bread. And, and he, she said, Lord, I know, but even little dogs get a crumb. I want to make an announcement to Seattle. The kingdom of God is going to the dogs. Come on, because God is ready to heal Google, Starbucks, the Seahawks. I'm believing for the Sonics to come back to town. I believe in the resurrection of the dead. Oklahoma's not of God. Come on, Washington belongs to the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. Say super, super substantial bread. I want you to begin to think about this. They're in the wilderness, and bread began to rain down from heaven. They said, what is it? Manna. And it was frosted flakes. And Tony the tiger said, it's great. And you could read that in the book of Moses. Then in the wilderness, they, they not only had manna, but the Passover, they had Passover leavened bread. Remember, they had a woman. She said, Lord, my husband's dead. They're coming to take the creditors or after me. He says, what do you have in the house? She says, I have my son, but all we have is some flour and oil. He said, make me bread first, a cake, and then the supply will never run out. She did, the prophet ate it, it never ran out. Pursuit, I have a hunch that God is feeding you with super substantial bread and uh, the, it's not going to run out because you just got in the building. I have a feeling there's a lot, lot more coming your way. Can you say amen? Then remember this, the school of the prophets. Oh my goodness, we got Pursuit Elementary. We'll have Pursuit Bible College. They were building the college of the prophets, the school of the prophets. A man had an ax handle and it fell and then it raised up in the water. Then they were making stew and there were poison in the pot. Don't let poison come into Pursuit. So what did the prophet do? He threw flour in the pot and it 
healed the stew in the company of prophets. When people come in to pursue one way, the poison's gonna leave them by the time they hit the parking lot. We have super substantial bread. Can you say amen? And then how about this? Jesus at the Last Supper said, this bread is my body. I am believing God that in the Lord's table, cancer is going to be healed. Diabetes is going to be healed. Crohn's disease can be healed. It is super substantial bread. Can you say amen? Shout to the Lord. I kid you not, uh, this is now 34 years ago. Becky and I, we had moved out. She was pregnant with our Jake. And we had $10,000. We sold a home. And it, that dwindled to nothing, to $1,000. Wendell, we had just gotten into Kmart. He was believing for nine people to give $1,000. And I know he wasn't expecting Jude and Becky. He knew the Ostrom was going to give 1000 But I don't know if he was seeing them, Jude and Becky. And so I was up praying, and I want you to know, this prayer card, again, is a pattern, and it taught me how to pray an hour a day. And maybe you don't start off with an hour. You start off with five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes. This is a pattern that will let you get comfortable in the presence of God and where you will be elevated in mind and heart and you will become aware. Your sense of awareness of the presence of God is going to be heightened. And so that morning we were, I was praying and I get to the part, give us this day our daily bread. And I kid you not, as clear and as strong, God said, give the church that $1,000. You're one of the nine. And I, I'm not the smartest person, but I thought, Lord, I want to obey you, but this isn't my money. This is Becky's house money. And you're the one who wrote in your word, two should be in agreement. And so, Lord, if you want me to give her money, you're going to have to talk to her to give your money. But I'll give you her money immediately. I'm trying to obey you. How many of you ever tried to argue with God? You will not win. Prayer does not change God. Prayer changes us. I kid you not, two days later, the Lord spoke to Becky the same amount. We gave it. And I'm telling you, our lives in that church would never be the same. Hey, Pursuit Kirkland, I'm having a sense. What if I would tell you, some of you in this room today, a year from now, God is going to open a door for you to become a millionaire. And maybe you will be part of buying the building up north. We are here to leave the carbon footprint of Jesus Christ in the Pacific Northwest. Can you say amen? Everyone say, give us our daily bread. Then say this, forgive us our sins as we forgive others. I want you to say that again. Forgive us our sins as we forgive others. I want to just read this real quick. I hate this part of the prayer. This is the hardest part for churches, marriages, and believers to live out is forgiving as you have been forgiven. And I want to read this. This is from Genesis 50, 19, and 20. Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for I am the place of God, but as for you, you meant it evil against me, but God meant it 
for good in order to bring about, as it is this day, to save many. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. I want you to begin to think this, and the band's going to come up. We're going to end. I want to say, uh, working in the church here uh, in Kirkland was one of the greatest honors of Becky and I's life. In the green room over there, Mark Driscoll was here. Others were here, and they asked Wendell and Jenny, and I was in the back, how is it, as Wendell was facing a battle with multiple myeloma, how is it, Mark Driscoll said, that one of your associates never moved right in this city to maybe Bellevue, Issaquah, Bothell, and start a church? And I was there. I thought Wendell and Jenny would say, well, it's Jesus. We prayed. We did the Lord's Prayer. By the way, I want you to know this, that in the 80s, 1982 for me, and about 82 to 83 for Pastor Wendell, we both were taught how to use the Lord's Prayer as a pattern. And we began to use it and begin to pray an hour a day. Something supernatural happens when people pray an hour. And I know you're saying, man, I've never prayed an hour before. This is a pattern where you can waste time with God and it will be the greatest time you've ever spent in your life. And I do not believe in the phrase, when all else fails, pray. No, we are a praying people because our God is a praying God. Our God is a praying God, a prayer listening God, a prayer answering God. You are sitting in a miracle today because a group of people from Sinahomish began to pray and look what the Lord has done. Can you say amen? I was in the green room, and Mark Dressel said, why didn't one of the associates? This is what Jenny Smith said. Pastor Jude would have never allowed it. And she's right. No one was going to hurt the church because it's not my church. It's not your church. It's God's church. Kid you not, I, I'd gotten bitter with someone I was working with. They had offended me and hurt me. And I got to this part of the card, and I'm going to read it. Forgive us our sins as we forgive others who sin against us. One translation who has a debt against us. And I couldn't forgive them. And now I'll tell you what really alarms me in this card and in this prayer. Forgive others their sins that are indebted to you so that you can be forgiven. Meaning, the, the, there's a correlation between how I forgive and I am forgiven. I couldn't forgive them. I rehearsed. How many of you ever rehearsed something that someone did to you? Isn't that awesome? I was rehearsing it over and over again. God, they did this. God, they did that. Lord, they did this. And I kid you not, he goes, I know, and that was wrong. He said, but Jude, I have forgiven you everything you ever have done or ever will do. And because I have forgiven you, it should open your heart to forgive others as I have forgiven you. He said, I want you out loud with your mouth. Your heart will follow your prayer. God, forgive them. 
And right then, can I say pursuit? In the days ahead, there'll be many opportunities to be offended. But when we pray this part of the prayer, it keeps the church one and sovereign unity that God can reach a city. Can you say amen? Everyone say, forgive us as we forgive others. And this is the last one in about three minutes. I'm going to have you stand. Everyone say, lead us. Say it again. Say it again. God does not drive a people. And we're most fortunate to be a part of Pursuit Church. And I'm glad when many people are being driven in a time where God is, seems like culture is trying to sideline God and pick up a secular mentality, not Pursuit. They're going after God. It says, lead us not into temptation. Let me be clear. God cannot lead you into temptation because God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. And in this part of the prayer, by the Holy Spirit, we get a discernment between a trial or a test and a temptation. A test is an outward thing, not to prove you don't have it but to prove that you do have the right stuff on the inside of you. If you buy a Volvo, the Volvo company has test-driven their cars to show that their product is viable. God is saying, I am leading you. The devil will try to drive you, but I will never lead you into evil. And I want to say this, I feel this strongly. What if Pursuit in all her campuses had over 1,000 small groups? I believe we will never overcome if we're not with other people. It did not say, lead me not into temptation. It says, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us. And listen to what it did not say. It did not say, deliver us from the evil government. Deliver us from culture. Deliver us from this part of society. No, deliver us from the evil one. The ancient church fathers, they said that this part of the prayer was for the end of the end of time. That it was apocalyptic. That they were not just saying, deliver us from the present evil. There is so much evil in the world with the war in Europe, a war in... Uh, Israel all that's happening he said the evil one think of it they had 12 apostles all of them denied and betrayed Jesus but 11 of them came back why because they stuck together we will never experience a full deliverance and an ability to get out of hell and a get out of jail free card if we're isolated and alone we were never delivered and led by ourselves the greatest way our God leads us is in the church I, I am going to expect, I'm going to give you one more chance. That was very, very good for you to get more than a golf clap this morning. Come on. Really? Go to AA. Go to any anonymous meeting. You're only as sick as your secret. And God is saying, if you want to get out of that cul-de-sac hell, and if you would look at this card, we have parts of the creed. 
And then you should read the creed says that he, God, who became a man, get this, descended into hell. And when I was contemplating on that, the Lord said, not only did I go to hell, to rob it of all its power and authority. If the devil is attacking you, he has no right. And today, go home and write the name of Jesus on the bottom of your shoe. That's the only part of you the devil should ever look at. Say it with me, lead us not deliver us think of it jesus not only went into hell he told me this he said jude i've gone into people's personal hell were you abused were you betrayed were you fired did you have a diagnosis that almost ruined your life have you been violated have you been abandoned Jesus himself went into that hell to deliver you, but not you by yourself, you in church, you in a group, you with others. Everyone say, lead us, deliver us. You may be seated. You are. You may stand. Think of it. Judas denied Jesus with a kiss. And Jesus asked him, Judas, you chump, get over here, I'm going to slap you. You denied the son of God, the son of man with a kiss? Judas stayed alone and he would take his life. There's someone here, you came to church, maybe you're watching this online, and you thought, this is it for me. Today is your day, no longer are you by yourself. God will deliver us. He will lead us. You're going to become a part of this church. Think of it. I personally believe the 11 were saved. Think of what Jesus said to Peter. Peter, John 20, 1. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know. And all of a sudden, Peter's healed, and he's the first apostle to begin to preach, and 3,000 people we're at it. I believe today, how many needs to be delivered? Who needs to be led by God, not driven by culture? Who would say, I want God to give us something supernatural, substantial in our life that it leads us, fills us, feeds us, and everyone say, forgive us. Right now, you need to forgive someone, and they were wrong. But that day, I could show you in my Bible, tears stained. The presence of Christ came on, and I was able to forgive because he forgave me. That's how great churches are built that give us our daily bread. Forgive us, lead us, deliver us. I want to ask a question. Is there anyone here you need God to meet your needs? Raise your hand. Put that down. Is there anyone here you need to forgive someone? You say, well, I don't feel like it. Well, you don't forgive by feeling. You forgive by faith. And I just had this drop in my mind. Some of you need to forgive yourself. You're beating yourself up. And you need to stop. God has forgiven you. I hear you saying, God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. He forgave you the first time you asked him. Now forgive yourself. Amen. And the last one, everyone say, deliver us. 
Someone needs to be set free today. You started 2024, you had aspirations of being free, but you fell back, no. Today, you're, if you're a man, you're joining a men's group. We're gonna start Pursuit on Wednesday at the Kirkland campus coming in the future. And I promise you, youth are gonna be delivered. Men are gonna be delivered. Women are, they're already delivered. They're gonna set everybody free, come on. Will you hold your hands just like this for a moment? And let's pray the prayer together. Say, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive the sins of others. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us. Deliver us. Just let that settle right where you're at. Begin to reimagine your life. One where your needs are met. Mercy overflows your mind and your heart like a beautiful stream. And you're led, you're not driven. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. He leads you. I'm going to count to three. And if you've not publicly, completely trusted in Jesus, today is your day. You may say, well, I believe in God. That's so good. So does the devil. But it's committing publicly your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, where you trust in the Lord with all your heart, which means you're not going to lean into your own perspective. I'm going to count to three. And if you have never done that, today's your day. And so on three, you're going to raise your hand. You're going to begin to publicly say, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord. And we're going to count to three, and that's when we raise our hand. On one, you're raising your hand. I'm going to trust in God. Two, and with all my heart. Three, right now, you've never, but you're doing it publicly. Raise your hand right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Even in the balcony, someone clap, shout. In the back, over there. Come on. If you have raised your hand, I want you to do this. I want you to slip out of your seat and come down. We have these beautiful trained leaders that want to pray for you. You've raised your hand. Just make your way out of the seat and come. They're going to pray for you. Come on. You raise your hand. Here they come. Clap, stomp, shout, cheer. Amen. Get a lot more hands. Just make your way. It's fine. Stop, cheer, amen.